You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, everybody, hello, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, you know who I am. You better. I'm Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. So grateful, so thankful, so appreciative that you made a decision to join me today from all over the world. Guess what? I believe that the Spirit of God has attracted you here Uh, I don't know what kind of week you've had this week, but I believe that you're going to receive uh, exactly what you've been praying about, thinking about, searching for on the show today. Well, today, yours truly, moi, I'm going to be talking to you about how to really identify and deal with the blocks that are trying to keep you from living your best life in 20. 23. I got to get used to saying that. And uh, so I'm going to be teaching in part two. But in part one, I have somebody who's going to demonstrate that, you know, it's one thing for me to talk about it. But it's another thing for you to actually uh, hear somebody's story or experience. So open up your heart, open up your spirit. Uh, and I'm going to introduce my very special guest. She's one of my clients. I've got to call her doctor since she's on my show, Dr. Rosalind Washington, all the way from Texas. Y'all, uh, for my international listeners, they say everything is big in Texas. And uh, she has the courage to come on and just share her story. So, Rosalind, welcome to the Law of Retraction Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about being here today. So did you ever think you would be on my show when we first started coaching? Was that one of your dreams or your thoughts? (laughs) No, it was definitely one of the furthest things from my mind. I was just in a mess the first time I actually spoken with you. So I was just trying to find healing and finding my next step. Okay. when I first contacted you. Well, I want you to share at the level that you feel comfortable. So for listeners, and if you're watching this, why am I doing this? To show you that it is your inner stuff, your untapped, unresolved stuff that is slowing down, hindering, trying to block uh, your life in 2023. I always say we got two programs running. One is what we consciously want. Uh, Dr. Roslam is very accomplished. She's a baller in her industry. She's an executive, all of that. But just in her personal life, like in mine, uh, she said it was a hot mess. I'm not saying that, but that's what she said. So I want you to listen very carefully because most of you are operating on that second subconscious program that you don't even know is dictating your life. So, uh, so Rosalind, why did you come to me for coaching? I think one of the main things that really hit me was um, an event that had happened. It was a recent breakup 
But in that breakup, it was more than that. I found myself for the first time ever in my life losing faith in God mm. and his purpose for me. And it scared me. Mm. Well, you know, a breakup just means that usually we've been doing the same kinds of things, making the same choices in relationships. And I know you were referred by a friend. And mm -hmm. um, I think your friend told you, you, you better do what you got to do now before you get to Constance. So would you say that when you say your life was a mess and you it had been a breakup, had uh, most of your choices been the same in relationships? I'll let you share the level that you're comfortable with. Yes. And, I, you know, it was a cycle that I was in. And I would say, like, I had started to see not only in my relationships, but just things around me. I had started to see little small things crumble. And I was, I was responding and reacting outside of my norm. Um, and so my friend uh, that referred me, I just remember seeing the transition and the change in her. And I picked up the phone and I called her and I was like, I, you know, not that I need your permission, but I had that. And she's been my BFF for years. And I mm -hmm. was very vulnerable with her. And I was like, I need Constance. I need someone to help guide me through whatever's going on in my life right now, because I'm losing control. Um, and so, yeah, that was one of the things I just found myself in this continuous cycle of, of, decisions that I was making that was now starting to not only impact my relational life, but also my, my, my personal life with my children. And I had started to kind of see hindrance uh, or bits and pieces of it chipping, starting to chip away at my career. And being mm -hmm. a single mom, I don't have that, you know, luxury of, you know, switching jobs and not working. So I was like, I, I need to do something, something's shifting and I can't control it right now. So you never choose any higher than how you see yourself. I'm talking to somebody right now, Roz. In relationships, how you, what you view is what you do. And mm -hmm. so Rosalind, just like I used to be, it takes one to know one, was choosing relationships that were beneath her and it all started from her childhood so so talk about that what is that true yes I would say you know on the surface I you know never want to say that anyone is you know that that hierarchical of things because they were great people but they just weren't the right fit for me and where I felt like um, and what I now know that what God has designed for me and it just wasn't that that right fit. Again, you know, I had beautiful children, you know, from those relationships mm -hmm. and some of them I didn't have. I had some relationships and, you know, along the way, um, but they just weren't designed for what God had for me. And I found myself, to your point, being attracted to the same type of individuals because that's what I was comfortable with, mm -hmm. um, not from where I needed to grow and where at the level that I, uh, that God had the trajectory that God has me on. Well, well, and at, when you see yourself choosing the same thing with the career, with the job, with money, it's repeated behavior. We dealt with some stuff in her childhood. Cause see, when you get me, 
uh, you get a counselor, a licensed therapist, and you get a coach. So the first thing I'm going to do is dig through all of that stuff in your childhood that you're oblivious to, not blaming daddy, not blaming mama. So were you shocked at everything that came up from that counseling and how it had impacted your choices in relationships? Yes, I just remember, <laughs> I remember you telling me on the first session, make sure you bring plenty of clinics and just be ready. And um, And I'll tell you that it was, you know, leading up with the pre-assessment and everything, it was rough to digest mm -hmm. everything that I had buried. There were things that I had buried that I didn't realize that was impacting me today. And I just remember, you know, and I'm, you know, sure my age or whatever, I don't mm -hmm. care about that. But I just remember waking up after I had submitted the document to you saying, I am 45 years old and I don't know who I am. Mm. Like I'm yeah. meeting myself for the first time. That's profound. Well, you know, that coaching assessment, I designed it so it will shake some people up. One man said, I started to drink a bottle of whiskey after I completed that, um, <laughs> you know, because it's real candid, it's probing, and, and it's asking you questions. Well, mm -hmm. how did you feel when I told you, Rosalind, you got to get in a support group because the way this is going to roll is we are going to counsel and coach but it's going to be coupled with support group how did you feel about that and how has the support group helped you once you did lean into it I was a little taken back at first I'm like okay now that means it because I remember you kept saying you're going to have to do the work you're going to have to do the work and I'm like okay inner work you know reading books and doing things like that but then when you brought up the support group and I was like I was really uncomfortable at first because you know, it's it's going into these groups, it's being vulnerable in front of these groups, it's being there and like, oh, if they see me, and it's almost like a stamp of saying, you know, you you're broken. And I just had to get over that that hurdle at first. But um, you know, after the first two or three, I started to see that, you know, I'm not the only one. And sometimes I think, you know, we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other individuals mm -hmm. in, in, in an opposite setting of the support group, right? So when you're comparing outside of the support group, it can be, you know, intimidating. It can really cause self-esteem issues. But inside the support group, what I found was that everybody has a story. And while my story may not be as drastic as some, and then it may be drastic for others but it's my story and it's my healing it's my hurt and I was able to express that in a way with those individuals and with the, the, the current individuals that I have that I've never been able to express before because those are people that understand they walk you know, through that. And, you know, when you first said, I was like, you know, it's almost like going to an AA meeting and I'm like, I'm not in like AA because you never think that you're going to be there. Right. And so, but I was hesitant. I just remember a couple of times, you know, like that was the first thing that you would ask me. And I was like, Oh no, I haven't been. And um, it took you a while to go. It took me a while, but now I'm like, I'll, I'll have a situation that occur and I'll like, I need a meeting. Yeah. And now I know like that's, 
that's my community. That's, you know, mm -hmm. they help and they're there whenever I need them. That's, you said everybody, I, I felt like I was broken really uh, uh, for listeners and whoever watching this. She was really in the vibration of healing. So it's the it's a shift. You don't have to say anything in the meetings. And so people are like, well, you know, that's like an AA meeting. No, it's not like an AA meeting. Some of my clients I send to relationship support groups. What brought me healing was codependency and relationship groups coupled with my counseling that I was getting. And so it's a shift. And really, you have to put aside pride and shame. I felt you yeah. felt a little shame. I got it together over here in business. I'm this big executive. But over here, I'm working on some stuff. Am I right on that? Oh, yeah, I was very shameful. I was very, very shameful. And not only shameful, but I was unforgiving of myself. Like those choices that I had made in the past that I knew were wrong choices, I was had harbored those and held on to those and not really forgiven myself for them, but tried to work past or cover them up. So if I go and do X, Y, Z, or if I get this degree, then they won't see and they'll forget about all of this that happened mm -hmm. and they'll make me and they'll put me in this light. And so what I was doing, I was just constantly burying it, burying it, burying it down further, but never really addressing the core problem. That's powerful. And so many people, man, you a baller on the outside. You got it going on. You got more degrees than a thermometer and you, 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 you're performing really high at work. But on the inside, there is a brokenness. There is unresolved stuff. And I want to say to anybody who's listening or watching and to Rosalind, which she has done, she, she did the best she could with the knowledge that she had at the time. So really she's given herself grace and forgiveness, right? Right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, yucky stuff came out of those meetings and out of counseling and coaching. Because when I first worked with you, I'm counseling you first. Counseling deals with your past. So Rosalind and I, and I are doing are doing now more coaching mm -hmm. which which makes it really really good so kind of tell me uh what is your life like now tell us some well not what are some things that we did besides the support group that i had you to do to sort of pull you out of your comfort zone and what is your <laughs> life like now so the first meeting that we had you were like no dating <laughs> you know no going out <laughs> like, did I I, no, I, I, you, you, no, what? no dating, no going out, you know, anybody that you are talking to, you were like, stop talking to them unless there's a need, like, you know, your, your children's fathers and, you know, unless there's something or whatever like that, but, you know, uh, anyone on the side and, and, you know, which was, wasn't, that wasn't hard for me because I was like, I'm committed and I'm, I'm ready for this. Um, and one of the things that you asked me was like, well, what are some current things that I was already doing? And mm -hmm. since I had told you about the, the event, you know, the, 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 because I'm very spiritual and mm -hmm. that really shook my core about my faith. And you said, well, what you need to start doing is praying for more encounters with God. 
and you know, how you encounter with God. So that was, you know, the first two things that, that really stood out. And again, you know, it was because, you know, I still had friends that I would talk to while we weren't dating, but I was, you know, keeping in touch or whatever, but those were that, and I did, I took that to heart and, and in our healing and in some of our sessions, when we talked about, um, some of the, the events and the brokenness, and a lot of them was from my childhood. Um, while these weren't direct directives from you, but what I gained from that was a sense that I needed to not only stop dating and doing all that, but I took upon myself to uh, start practicing abstinence from yeah. that moment. And, and hold your thought. So, hey, y'all, when I told her no dating, I knew that she had focused a lot of her attention on love outside of her. And I knew if she continued to date, she would continue to choose the right man. I got to defend myself. But when you heal yourself and you have a healed soul, your choices in relationships would change. I did not tell her to, re to become celibate. That came out of her own healing. Mm -hmm. It did. It did. Mm -hmm. You didn't tell me that. But I'm, I'm glad I came to that choice um, because in, in our sessions, um, I, I realized that I, I didn't know what love was. And mm -hmm. to be honest, I've, um, I've cared about individuals really deeply and I've had individuals to, to care about me deeply. But when we talk about the love that we were created um, in the image of God and the intimacy and the full effect, I've never experienced that. Mm -hmm. So what I had was a facade of partial love and partial codependency. Who are you would, teaching now? Okay. <laughs> I mm. would meet someone and they would fit those those open gaps where I needed to feel protected or to, to depend on them. And, mm -hmm. and so it was an unhealthy attachment that I was having with the individuals. And so, because I didn't know myself, I didn't know love. And so all of that was unfairly placed on them to fulfill yeah. me in that way. That is so good, but you, I got to get my Kleenex now because I might start it crying. So during our last session, you said something that really made me cry. What was that? Do you you know what I'm talking about? I do, and I'm I'm tearing up as you're saying it. Um, because of the the journey that I've I've been on with you, and as I mentioned, I didn't know what love was. I realized I also had never loved myself. Mm -hmm. I had never forgiven myself. Um, for some of the things I've done in the past in order to really connect and to, to love myself. And it was, you know, a lot of the things like I talk about, like with the spiritual and my encounters with God and getting to know God better and getting to know how he created us to love. And I first felt the love of God first. I remember mm -hmm. one weekend, one weekend I woke up and I was laying in my bed and oh my God, the sense of loneliness just came over me. Mm -hmm. But because I had the tools, I had my support group, um, I began to minister to myself. And I was like, okay, these are just the urges of this. This is not, you're never alone. Mm -hmm. 
You're never alone with God. So you're going to sit in this all weekend. You're not going to call anybody to try to go to the movies. You're not going to go try to depend on your kids to take, you know, to spend time with you. You're going to sit in this. And I did. And I sit in it all weekend. And on that Sunday, it I, it's, I can't explain it. But I had a, such a fulfillment of love for myself that I haven't felt a moment of that type of loneliness since then. I felt complete in mm -hmm. going through that. And so what I learned is that I had never forgiven and loved myself totally and loved myself for who I am. Like God designed me for a purpose and he loved me so much, so much. And throughout all the dysfunction and all the areas and all the opportunities that things could have been worse, that he loved me so much that he protected me through that. And so okay. because he loves me that much, I love myself. And I know that I know myself worth from that. Yeah. When she said to me, Constance, this is the first time I have loved myself. I said, we can drop the mic. <laughs> because, man, what a powerful transformation. It has not been easy for her. She has, I've had, I've had to push her, but she does the inner work, everything I ask her to do. She, she did it. Now, I had to almost push her off the cliff to go to that support group. But once she found the right one, and mm -hmm. so since her heart is healed, what is her heart? Her past, her emotions, how she sees herself, um, her, her uh, thinking, her view of herself, it's going to be organic that loving herself, loving her life, she will attract the right person. Can you see that now? Oh, I can. Mm -hmm. I can. And there's been some individuals along the way. And because, you know, it's almost like now the experiences, I've stopped calling them tests, but the experiences, because, you know, you go through all this healing and, you know, you're doing the work. But if you're never exposed or have the experiences, it's like, okay, is it really working or not? And, um, and just not only in relationships, but just in my, my personal, you know, life, I can uh -huh. see where, you know, I think one of the biggest things, um, that hit me as well is, um, is the impact that I had on my children. Uh -huh. Um, and after that assessment and the first thing that I thought about was, oh my God, I have ruined my daughter. Uh -huh. I, unknowingly, I had passed on those traits to her and I had made things unfair to her because of the state that I was in mm -hmm. and that was you know part of you know again so now and I can being in this I'm like well okay I may not have been the best mom but I was a mom that did her best yeah so I carried good. that motto around with me with my children with you know my 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 beautiful loving grand grandson that I have and I try not to be the perfect mom I, I be the best that I can yeah. I have more grace for myself 
Um, so when I do meet individuals and when you're talking about the attraction, I had a guy that come up to me and he was like, you're not from around here, are you? And I was like, well, yeah. Like, why would you? He said, because there's a glow about you. There's something about you that, um, and this was like one of the second times maybe that I had, you know, kind of branched out a little bit um, once I felt like I was ready. Um, She's but, ready. She's <laughs> ready. But again, um, and I thanked him for that. I thanked him for that compliment, but it was like, I didn't owe him, you know, conversation. I didn't owe him, you know, mm -hmm. oh, he gave me a compliment. Well, let me see what he's about. Or, you know, he has mm -hmm. this, let me, I knew the moment that he walked up, he gave me the compliment that he gave me, but I knew that was it. Yeah. Our interactions was, was for that. And so I didn't feel the need because with that, I also found out I was a people pleaser. Yeah, we did. And, and she so, and she learned how to set boundaries, say mm -hmm. no to friends and relatives. You know, she dealt with um, really stop being overly responsible. So she, you've been just sort of transformed all around, right, Rosalind? Mm -hmm. If we yeah, tell that's the truth, what I'm it was more than just relational. I and I didn't realize it, you know, because you know I know my heart. And, and that's the reason why I think in relationships when they don't work, mm -hmm. I think that's the reason why they were hitting me. It was hurting me so because I know my heart and I know, you know, that because, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do and I put other people first and I realize how, and to the point to where sometimes I would think that putting boundaries were all, almost like I was being selfish. So if I told <laughs> someone no, or if I put a boundary up, then mm -hmm. that would be me being selfish. When in fact, you're not saying no was really codependent and you were fixing, caretaking, and enabling. Mm -hmm. And Rosalind, she did the hard work, y'all. I mean, it was, it was deep. But look at the, look at where you are now. Look at the benefits of where you are now. Are you happy? Are you peaceful? Are you expecting? I'm not trying to put no words in your mouth. You, you tell the listeners. Um, um, yes, I'm very, I'm at, I, I have peace. I am, mm -hmm. I'm happy, I'm fulfilled. I would say I have joy mm. is what I would describe it. That unspeakable joy. I have joy. Um, one of the, um, my father's caretaker. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, so there was things along the way. And I was also my mom's caretakers, uh, mm. my mom's caretaker, you know, my sisters and uh, would, would help um, and nephews. And, and, you know, we all helped with her, but I was her primary caretaker as it relates to, to business and, and things or whatever of that nature. And so I've always, you know, been in that caretaker, you know. And so what I found was that that nurturing spirit was just across the board. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so I remember my uncle, when my mom passed a few years ago, um, and it was, it was an odd story, but, um, but he told me, he said, you know, I've, um, he works in construction and all of that. And he said, I want to just share something with you. He said, you know, when we design pipes and when we do things or whatever uh, to design pipes, there's only so much force that can go through pipes. And you have been that 
tight. You have, he said, think of life as this, is that that force that's going through and God's never going to put too much on you um, because you'll burst. But he said, don't look at your mom's death as being, um, you know, a loss or anything, but look at it as being, uh, and he said, and I'm not saying that your mom was, because he said you did great by your mom and not saying that she was an obstacle, but God has allowed that to be removed and so he said, now the gates are going to open up and you're going to flow more than you've ever flown before because you've done, you know, what you were supposed to do with your mom. And so now I find myself in the same position with my, with my father. Um, and unlike, because I'm on this side of my healing and my journey now, mm -hmm. I, I'm able to say that it's okay for me to, um, you know, I don't have to be at his bedside every day. I don't have to do those types of things every day to still be a caretaker, to still love him, to still support for him. I can still find time for me. And um, have and fun that, and live your mm -hmm. life. Yeah, and not saying that I was, you know, bound to him, because I don't want to miss the, the misperception there, but, you know, mentally, you know, I would always like, okay, should I be doing this for my mom? Should I be doing that mm -hmm, for my mom? I get you. Both of my parents, they're in nursing facilities. They were in, my mom was in nursing, my dad was in a nursing facility. And that would bother me with her because, you know, you always hear, you know, like you never want to put your parents in a nursing facility when they get older. Um, and so that was always in the back of my mind with my mom, should I have been doing something differently? Um, but I was reminded that, you know, she told me that she never wanted me to hold myself back um, because of her. Um, because that would um, make her feel bad or basically take away from her. And, and so, you know, well, thank you for sharing that simply because we know that there's a lot of people out there who might be caretakers right now who might uh -huh. be feeling guilty and overwhelmed. But even in the midst of all of that, you need to practice extreme self-care, mm -hmm. learn how to say no, call on some of them other siblings if you have them step away and have balance in your own life so it was of god that you shared that portion of your journey yeah yeah so, so i would say that and you know the back to the question that you asked me i know i kind of derailed a little bit but that's joy, okay that's what i feel is joy i feel happiness and joy and you're ready you're ready for a relationship so let's talk about the investment was the financial investment worth it? What, um, okay. The ROI, the have you received the <laughs> ROI, the return, my return on, on my investment? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am, I have plus some. What um, would you say to somebody who's thinking about it? Because I know you saw your, we'll call her name, Tawana's transformation. And mm -hmm. you were like, boy, she's changed. <laughs> and people have, you told me that people have said to you, you've changed. Uh-huh. Yeah. What would you say so, to somebody who's thinking about Um, I would say, you know, if, if you're truly ready to do the work, I would say it's, it's, it's the best investment that I could have done for myself. You wow. know, we, I, you know, go to spas all the time and you hear, oh, let me go get a massage. I'm tense. I'm this and I'm that. And, you know, if I think about all the time that I've done things or whatever like that and spent money on, on, you know, vacations or spas or just trying to do the stress relief, 
you know, it's it's the same type of investment, but with long lasting impact. Like I'm a, a healthier person because of my coaching. I am. I didn't know that. Nothing, <laughs> it's nothing that I'm, I'm I'm proud to say, but you know, one of the things that I picked up after my divorce was smoking. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to drink because you know I have a f- strong family history of 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 drinking, and so I didn't want to go down that path. And of course, you know, I didn't want to do you know drugs or illicit drugs, and so I would you know pick up a cigar here and there and start going to like the cigar bars with a couple of my friends, and so it then turned into a habit of smoking. And so I am you know over a year now of sm- of, of uh, smoke free. Um, I am. Uh, I just, you know, and these things start to happen naturally. It's not like I, because I am a better person, because I have joy, because I have all of this, I'm like, well, okay, well, what is my next step? And what do I want to do to help, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I want to be vibrant and, and, and have, you know, more time to spend with my grandson. And so, you know, I, um, down a few pounds, not from a doc. Well, I can't say I'm watching what I, I'm eating. I won't throw anything about what I'm actually doing, but I'm down a few pounds and I just feel a lot, a lot better. And it's because I do it day by day. So when I started to stop smoking, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to stop smoking tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's going to be you know, like one day at a time until when I turned around, it was like six months. And mm-hmm. then you know, I'm well over a year now. Well, it's called self-love. And when she healed her when as she's healing her soul, healing her past, as we delve through stuff and get rid of all that debris, she begins to see who she is, and then she begins to care for herself. So organically, she wanted to eat better because she loves Rosalind now. You know, physically, she wanted to stop drinking. And so those are just the fringe benefits of really healing your soul, getting counseling and coaching and going to a support group if I ask you to. So happy for you. So happy for you. So proud of you got anything else you want to say before before you said that. So you heard what she said. If you're interested in working with me, I'm a master coach, not bragging, just the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, master counselor. Uh, if you're ready to do the work, if you spend all of this money on the outside, traveling all over the world, buying your Gucci bag, ain't nothing wrong with Gucci. I got one. Ain't nothing wrong wrong with a Versace. I wear Versace glasses. Ain't nothing wrong with the Louis Vuitton. But you haven't invested in your own soul. Uh, let's do a discovery call. And I tell people, only if you're serious. I mean, you know, I'm rather non, no nonsense, right, Rosalind? You know, yes. are we going are we gonna do this doggone thing or what? Let's mm-hmm. do a discovery call. Email me at constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. I have a guarantee. If you work with me for a year, parenthesis, and you do the inner work, you would not recognize your life at the end of the year. Look at Rosalind. <laughs> she's showing out. She ain't smoking. She's ready for love. She's impacting her daughter, her grandson. She is saying no to relationships that do not align with who she knows she is. She's having uh, encounters with God. 
man, she's smiling. She got a glow. She can't even walk nowhere without somebody saying, where are you from? <laughs> and that ain't a line. That's just the truth. Because once you get healed, people pick up on that. What would what would be your last words uh, to, to listeners, Rosalind? Mm. Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, what I would say to listeners is that, you know, no matter what has happened in your past, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what your current state is, um, that one of the most impactful things that you told me when we first met during our um, discovery call was that we were designed to be in relations and we were designed to love and we were wired for it and wired for it and so if you are if listeners are feeling that way um you know it's it's there it's 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 a possibility um and i'm not trying to say that i have it all figured out that i'm you know it's a day-by-day -day process but through dealing with constance for the last year i have tools in my, you know, I'm, I'm healed from the inside. So it allows me to handle those things that when they do occur, I don't go back to that cycle on the wheel. I'm able to handle those things better. Wow. Because life will continue to happen. Wow. So powerful. Thank you, Ros. I'm so happy for you. Everybody, I'm going to be back and I'm just going to do a quick teaching on how you can identify, uh, begin to heal and deal with your stuff. You know, I always say, if you don't deal with your stuff, your stuff going to deal with you. I'll be right back. Thank you, Rosalyn. Thank you. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready to live a life beyond your wildest dream? Constance Arnold is a seasoned and experienced professional licensed counselor for 25 years and a certified success life coach and would love to partner with you to create your dreams. She's coached and trained over 10,000 clients on five continents and has a proven track record of success. Constance will assist you in getting a clear vision for your life and develop customized strategies, projects, and action steps to begin manifesting your dream. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and visit her website at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, everybody, I am back. And wasn't that just amazing, that wonderful transformational story journey with, with Dr. Rosalind? So, so, so let me help you out. <clears throat> Something else I want to uh, remind you is that um, somebody sent me an email and I would love for you to attend a VIP day with me here in Atlanta or virtually. So it's going to look like this. If you fly into the ATL, you're going to be in luxury because we're going to be at Eagles Landing Country Club. I'm going to bring you a wonderful breakfast and we're going to be together really taking a deep-seated look at where you are, what's been holding you back. Uh, it, it's intense, y'all. And and then we go, I'll, I'll take you downstairs to the beautiful restaurant uh, uh, on the golf course and we'll have lunch and then we will spend the remainder of the day step by step working out a plan for your life in 2023. 
So uh, that is uh, an experience. You know, it's something very different about coming together in person, or we could do the same thing virtually. So if you're interested in a VIP, email me and let's talk about it. So I want to talk about blocks that have been hindering your manifestation. We know that it's not God. And, and, you know, being a therapist, sometimes I hear people say, I don't want to talk about my past. Uh, I don't want to talk about my past constant. I want to be into the law of attraction. You know, I get that, you know, and, and I believe in that. But what I'm going to say to you is... Just like Rosalind, she did not understand that what has been deposited in her DNA is directing 90 to 95% of her life. Taking a sip of tea. So, so this is the deal. We grow up in families. Uh, we have family systems according to how we live uh you know supposed to have a loving mom and dad and so when you don't have that uh you really you miss something i just had somebody this week say to me that they were really believing for love i said okay but then she said to me i don't really trust men and I said, well, if you're believing for love and that is your intention, but your core belief is that you don't trust men, how is love going to find you? And what we found out, she's a client of mine, she's allowed me to share this. She said, Miss Constance, please share this with other people, is that she heard her mama say, you can't trust men. You know, and she saw she saw her mom doing a lot of stuff with men. And so as a little girl, she guarded her heart and she feels like that you can't really trust me and you can't be all the way in. So can you see the, the paradox there? She wants love, but she don't trust me. And where does that come from? That comes from that family system. So you grow up in a home and there are family systems in place that you don't even know about. For example, uh, don't talk. You know, you're not supposed to feel that. Why are you feeling that? That you don't talk about your problems, that you don't trust people. Have you ever heard anybody say, honey, what goes on in this house stays in this house? Uh, you grow up where there's a lot of see. Uh, uh, you grow up where there's a lot of secrets. So when you grow up, you're closed. Uh, any unresolved stuff. I, I was working with um, children who have been adopted, and how they did a study that children who have been adopted really many times. I didn't say everybody. Many times in their adult life, have abandonment issues. So in relationships, they don't trust and, and, and they do not really uh, allow themselves to feel. They don't want to get too close too soon because if mama and daddy abandon me, how can I ever trust anyone else i've heard military families you know families that move all over 
They say, well, you know, you don't want to get too close to people because we're going to be moving in a couple of months. So what happens is you grow up with what I call frozen feelings. And frozen feelings would be stuff that has happened to you that's frozen. You're stuck in it. And so in your adult life, when you are trying to uh, manifest success, those frozen feelings are beliefs that are housed in your subconscious mind really rule and direct your life. So can you see how it is really important that you really deal with your stuff? All right. So some other family, some other family systems. So let me go back to frozen feeling. So frozen feelings mean you don't know all that stuff is there like Dr. Rosalind did not know, but you keep making the same choice. So my question to you is, does the same thing keep happening to you in relationships where you turn out to be sometimes a victim, poor me. This always happens to me. I'm always there for other people, but they aren't there for me. Do you keep choosing emotionally unavailable people? You know what an emotionally unavailable person is? They aren't there for you. So, so frozen feeling is anything a divorce that you went through 20 years ago, you still hurt, still feel betrayed, still feel whatever. And that is frozen in you. You don't know it, but you're making choices from an unhealed soul. And so some of the other characteristics of family system, which I don't have the time to get into, are no boundaries. You don't know how to say no to people. Oh, Miss Constance, I can't. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. You know, overly responsible for other folk. Uh, poor communication skills. You, you know, you don't want to really tell people how you feel. Um, you might have a feeling of not being important or worthy. You know, one of the main issues that most people deal with in family systems would be who I am is not enough. I, I am unlovable, undeserving, and who I am is not enough. That was something that I had to, to work through. So in adult life, I need to do a whole show on this. So in adult life, it shows up like um, there are four characters. I've taught on this before. Um, when you grow up at uh, in a family system, and it's the hero child, the mascot, the lost child, and, and the caretaker. So the hero child, that was me. You know, usually the oldest person, have functioning, very successful. Uh, uh, you know, everybody uh, looks at them and say, oh my God, I want to be just like them. But underneath I was a very insecure. I felt like I had to be performance-based, et cetera, instead of who I am is enough. My my whole life, while my father was living, I, I, I wanted to, I needed to get straight A's. 
be smart, uh, uh, fi finish grad school, make a lot of money, because uh, unbeknownst to my dad, I was the hero in the family. So it was only when I healed that I allowed myself to have grace. So the mascot, the mascot in the family is, is kind of like the joker. You know, they hide their feelings. They don't really talk. Uh, and they, you know, when you see them, they look like, hey, man, they are the life of the party. But really, underneath, they have unresolved issues. Uh, the lost child. The lost child is the quiet person. You don't know what's going on with them. Um, and they don't talk a lot. They may read a lot. They may be isolated. You never know what's happening in their lives. And this particular uh, family role has the highest rate for suicide. You know, and, and so on. And then we have the caretaker who attempts to keep everybody happy, keep the family together. So when they grow up, they focus in on the needs of other folk instead of their own. Well, that's just a couple, but I wanted to share those so you can see you really need to heal those areas in your life so that you can set great intentions and, and and pull away the blocks that may be hindering you. And a lot of times in these family systems, when you got a holding, when you choose to hold in stuff for decades, you medicate your feelings with alcohol, drug use, shopping, eating. It's going to come out some kind of way. And, and so... I'm going to say to you, really be honest and take a look at your childhood. What was your mother like? What was your father like? What was your, what was some of the family systems? What were some of the rules? And how are you still walking that out right now? So it doesn't mean that you have to stay in your past. There are so many support groups going on, 12 steps, relationships, overeaters anonymous. Um, you know, even when it comes to work, because if you do not deal with these things, the 5%, which is what, what we all consciously desire, your conscious mind, which says, in 2023, I am going to ABC. And, and you may be really strong with it, but what we're doing is we're going to identify what this stuff is, and then we're going to heal so that we can be 100% energetically focused in on what we want. So can you see how I use Dr. Roslyn, um, that in her personal life, because those issues were unbeknown to her, housed in her subconscious mind, she wasn't 100% focused on relationships. It was diluted. So 
The whole purpose of this is to show you we all have blocks. We all got stuff. We all got paradigms. What is a paradigm? Everything that's ever happened to you, your past experiences, your consciousness, all of the above. We have all of that. And so, like the great late Bob Proctor says, until you shift and change your paradigm, the same thing is going to happen. Dr. Joe Dispenza says that when we get up every day, we get up with 90% of the same feelings, the same thoughts, and the same emotions, expecting a different result. So it is only when you change um, your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, and your experience that you can wildly live your best life. So all of you guys know my story. You know that for a year, I was in counseling and I went to a support group every Monday and every Thursday. Back in the day, we went in person. But you can go online. The greatest gift that you could give yourself would be the healing of your inner child, the healing of your soul. And so many people, I work with a lot of famous rich people, and even though they may have everything that they have, that stuff still is going to come up. So this year, I would really love it if you would make your number one intention to be to deal with your stuff, to get in a share group, to get in a support group, to admit, acknowledge. One of the characteristics in a lot of family systems is denial. I hear a lot of people say, I, I, I just can't remember what happened because the feelings have been so pressed down that they're sort of in denial about what really happened in their lives. So I hope that this has helped you. Uh, I know it's a, it's a little different, but I'm just telling you what I see every day, what I hear every day, what people are saying on different platforms, that once you heal your soul, once you change your paradigm, once you change your consciousness, because your consciousness is your reality and creates your reality, that's when you would be living your best life. Y'all, if you're interested in working with me, email me, Constance, at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. I want you to listen to this over and over again. Ask the Spirit to show you some things. Be open. Research about family systems just to see where you are well uh everybody this has been a great show i want you to share this with at least five people that you know and i will be back with you again next week and make a decision to have a great week and i love you
thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.